Welcome to Nurse Coffee Talk. I'm Jamie Baker. I'm Sarah Matthews. And we're here to have another gorgeous week with you. Whee! Gorgeous weekend. We talked about that last time. Weekend, week, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Whenever you're listening, all the days don't seem to matter. For the next seven days from the time you listen, we look forward to sharing that with you. Oh, <laughs> <Aww>, that's so <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, hey, I wanted to check in with you because when I called you yesterday, you sounded a little bit stressed. Do you mean like work-wise? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's an odd time, obviously, for a variety of reasons. Um, And I'm partially at home right now and then partially still at the hospital. And they're taking volunteers for people who want to be bedside, who like to get pulled from our role to go back to bedside. <gasps> Are you volunteering? No, I don't have um ICU experience for that. Oh. So gotcha. unless it got to the point where they were like we are so desperate we will literally take anyone. Mm-hmm. I am not going to volunteer as tribute just yet. Um mm-hmm. honestly I'm not like I, if they, they I don't have ICU experience so they'd pull me in and be like what do you even know? But man, that would be <laughs> that would be a big change, big lifestyle yeah. change. <laughs> no is it like riding a bike? I don't know. Well, I think to some extent it is, but the problem with the problem with that is, I mean, you haven't been, well, I guess it's been a few years since you've been out of bedside nursing. The problem with being away from a certain specialty or area or even the bedside altogether is that like technology changes, charting changes. So, I mean, caring for the patients is essentially the same. The lab values are all the same. You know, I mean, that kind of stuff. Yeah, is and all I the spend same. my day going through patient charts all day long. Like that's my, right. part of my job. So it's really just learning the new technology and the new way, the new evidence-based practice on things. Yeah. I mean, I used, I used Epic on the floor and we have Epic here, but like, I was like, I haven't had an EMAR view like that. I mean, I can see meds now, but it's like in a list. So yeah. like even an EMAR view where you would like check off stuff and like, I mean, I'd have to get Pixis access and yeah. all sorts of stuff that it's like, yeah, woof, that'd be different, especially if they're, you know, these sick COVID patients, like, yeah, I don't know. So I guess in like some regards, it is like riding a bike. Only the last bike you were on was like a banana seat bicycle <laughs> and you're jumping onto like the Lance Armstrong, like yeah. 13 and speed. And you're like, the mechanics <laughs> of this are the same, but like there's a lot of important things that are different. <laughs> Right. (laughs) You know, it's interesting. um, At one of my facilities in the ICU, they are taking like any nurse to be like a runner. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, it was interesting because I was I, I worked a lot of clinical hours last week at the bedside in the ER. And one of the facilities I work at, I mean, the ER, it's pretty much all just COVID positive patients that are really sick, holding and waiting for an ICU bed. Mm hmm. And so what I found was, you know, I'd be all suited up and I'd be like unzipping my tent from the inside of the room, kind of poking my head out of the tent to be like, hey, can somebody run and get me something so I don't have to like doff and run and get it and then don to get back in the room. Mm -hmm. And God forbid I use a call light because nobody answers the call lights at that facility for (laughs) 
for anything. <laughs> Patients could literally be dying and they're like, no. Yeah, exactly. So that's my thing is I found that would be an extra person that would be super helpful would just be like to have a runner. Yeah. Somebody who. I could do that. Sorry. Time out. Honey, I love you too, baby. Thank you. I'll see you after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they, just they have, say hi. Sh- shut the door, please. Or not. Thank you. Yeah, and he he took his hands and uh, made them into a heart shape for me. Oh, my, my son who brought me breakfast. What a lovey little buddy. <laughs> I know he doesn't even know that I kept him in the podcast last time. So it's <laughs> oh, not like he's famous. doing this for like exposure. <laughs> He's building his brand and he's starting really young. <laughs> right. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be a famous yeah, podcaster They're going to know. Day. They're going to all know that I'm the nice little son that did nice things for my mom. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, I think that would be a position that would be really helpful is, like, just to have people just circulating to, like, get supplies for the people that are donned. Yeah. I would gladly do that job. Sure. I could be a helper. And my, you get a lot of steps in, too. Yeah, for sure. My friend was telling me that they, one friend said that they had phones in the room that they would call out uh-huh. to for, for supplies, and then the other said that they just wrote on the glass with a dry erase marker and just banged on the glass until somebody looked at them and was like, please, I need I need this list of things that I wrote backwards in dry erase marker. I, isn't that ridiculous? Like, come on, there, we've got to have There's a better There's got to be a better way. In fact, there was um, a couple weeks ago, I was responding to a rapid response. And so the, the room that the rapid was in, the door is like a heavy wooden door. It's not like an ICU where you have like glass doors that you can see through and stuff. Mm-hmm. So everybody who was in the rapid is you know doing their thing and everybody who's on the outside of the door has no idea what's going on right inside the room and so i'm like we need like a walkie talkie because what was happening was i would call the icu charge nurse who was the only person who i knew for sure had a phone in there and i knew that phone number so i kept calling in to be like hey do you need this or hey can I do this? Or, you know, hey, what are you doing? Hey, are you intubating? Hey, do you need respiratory? Like, what's what's happening? And so I'm sure she was trying to, like, do her job and is like, oh, my God, why is this lady calling? Jesus Christ, she's calling me so many times. Like, I will call you if I need you. Well, no, but that's the thing is, like, they were needing things and they couldn't, like, get to anybody. So, so we implemented like a walkie system where we now on our rapid bags that we bring, we mm. actually have two wacky, two wackies, wacky tackies, two walkie talkies. And one walkie goes in the room and one walkie stays out and that's then we just idea. radio as needed. So it's, it is certainly interesting. The problem solving that's taking place during this time. We were talking about it today and we had a, a, a little Skype telemeeting where everybody uh, came on into the little group chat for like a bunch of my the medicine mm-hmm. uh, people. And while the, so they have all these designated COVID units that obviously they took all the patients out and then they have them all in one building right now. And mm-hmm. they and we don't have there's no like pager or call system at this hospital. It's all overhead, which is to okay. me wild. I'm sure that's so mm-hmm. commonplace. But to me, I'm like, oh, my God, it's literally all goddamn day long. And <laughs> it's just like a billion calls. Every code red every code blue um anesthesia respiratory rapid response like literally anything you could possibly think of 
all day long it's a huge you know thousand bed hospital like it's just insane to me plus the whole outpatient unit or outpatient Mm. hospital gets like put in there too it's just ridiculous so during the call they called for anesthesia to the covid one of the covid floors there were like four separate calls and we were like can we maybe put an anesthesia team on these units you know these are gen bed gen med beds because the patients don't yet need icu we know that's the track for a lot of them sure many of them of course end up intubated prone in the icu ready to roll and quickly and very plummet quickly yeah so and i'm like really we need to page this over a billion times all day long like it's stressful for patients to hear that it's stressful for staff I'm sure, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know anesthesia's life exactly, but they're not doing surgery because all the surgeries were stopped. So, like, right. why can't they just be have a team stationed on the unit? That's a great question. I don't know how many anesthesiologists or CRNAs your facility keeps in-house. If they only have one team, then yeah, that's but at probably least stay part of the problem. On that main unit where it's all happening, maybe, and then get paged out to others. I don't know. It just seems unnecessary yeah. to me. Yeah. Or maybe just give them pagers. Or maybe just give them pagers. I know it's out of date, but like I loved our pager system when we where we worked together. Yeah. We had a really good pager system. I well, I talked it. to you about our pager system. How I was like, we were only using it for STEMIs, and I was like, but this can be for so much more. Yeah, so much more. <laughs> like we should probably maximize. Keep them what on we, you. I mean, they pop right into your little pocket. I know, like you're, we're paying for it. Like, let's maximize our use here. It's, totally. So, anyway, well, we today wanted to kind of just do a potpourri episode. Over the past many weeks, we've had a ton of emails and feedback from listeners and stuff, and so we thought we'd kind of dive into a couple of those things and maybe talk to you about some things that are going on in our worlds. So, I don't know. You want to start? Yeah, well, one of the things I wanted to touch back on, and this is going to sound to you all like it's a late update because this is going to air a little bit, (laughs) a few episodes after we talked about it. But one of the things that people came forward to say, um, especially particularly on Instagram, which love you all so much for, um, for following and for writing messages and stuff. We love them. But quite a few nursing students have come forward to say in their states that we heard from um, Texas, New York, Wisconsin, and Ohio specifically. I'm sure there are more. So if you're um in a different state like please let us know but specifically like because we had touched about how these states were letting new grads practice without sitting for boards and they wrote in saying well of course specifically it's because they're not holding boards right now mm-hmm. so they were all able to you know go do their job start their new job as a graduate nurse which of course is like is that i feel like that's like tier one when you get hired in like grad nurse yeah and then you kind of work your way up into, you know, et cetera. So you would just maintain that until you pass your boards, whenever that ends up being. <laughs> if you pass your boards. If you pass your boards. <laughs> You're going to pass. Don't worry. It's fine. You're going to pass. I'm just messing with you all. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I'd be scared. I don't blame them. Yeah. What a stressful time to graduate. Like, it's supposed to be so fun. And it's just a really horrible time instead. For sure. I saw a picture of somebody who posted that she took a picture of herself when she got her cap and gown in the mail and stuff and now she won't get to wear it i did <laughs> not see that not, but yeah i, I don't know i mean sad. it made me feel like yeah it sucks someone posted i don't know it was like a japanese school and they had a little robot with a little ipad and you would like facetime into this ipad and it had a little cap and gown on and it would like wheel around to this guy who was handing you a diploma <laughs> across the little stage (laughs) oh can you imagine like the pinning ceremony and they like (laughs) pin towards the camera yeah it's like 
Oh, boy. Hey, now look proud for the picture. That's right. So did any of these people who wrote back, did they talk about working as a new grad without a license? Or they just said it was because their states weren't offering board? Testing centers are not open right now. I have heard some are opening on a limited basis, limiting the amount of students, and they're taking minimum of 65 questions, only given four hours. So cutting in the questions and the times, which is interesting. Wait, didn't you only have four hours before? Minimum 65. questions before was 75. Yeah. And I don't know how many hours you had. I thought you only had four, but it's been a long time for me. So I'm one of those a... really annoying fast test takers, and so I finished my. Oh, I'm a super long test taker. Are you? I told you. Yeah, I told you about how I got to my hundredth question, right? I don't know. Did, Did you I tell, tell you about that? No. Okay. So when I was taking my boards, you know, we had, we've talked in previous episodes about how I did really well on the ATIs and I always got proficiency like three and four. So I was like, no sweat. I'm going to pass this. So I just figured pretty arrogantly, I figured I'd get 75 questions and be done with it. So I got to question 75 and I answered it and I like very slowly clicked next <laughs> and another question popped up and I was kind of like, oh, Oh, that's annoying. Whatever. Yeah. So then I took that one and like every question I clicked next and I got more and more and more <laughs> annoyed like, with everyone because I'm like, I should have been done at 75. Right. So I get to the hundredth question and I click next and all of a sudden the screen goes blank and I was like, oh, thank fucking God. And then it pops up and it said, you have reached your allotted break. Would you like to take a break now? Or would you? And I was like, oh, my God. So I did. I actually took I was like, yep, I'm going to just yeah, take need, a break. I need to sit back for a minute here. Yeah. Get some water. Go pee. Refocus. And then settle back in. And I mean, I only had a few more questions after that, but it was still just That's like. so funny. <laughs> I was so annoyed. I All of my friends that had taken it had the full 265. and you were there for hours and I was like okay that's for sure gonna be me no worries I'm just gonna go and power through do my best whatever so 75 yeah. rolls around and I'm like don't get excited don't you know you're gonna hit next and you're gonna go to the next question I hit next I go to the next question I'm like oh, okay mm-hmm. you know what you're fine it's all doing great and I'm like hunker down get ready for the next phase hit next mm-hmm. ended no kidding 76 <laughs> questions that's awesome and I was like but I wasn't, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to be done. <laughs> I feel very nervous now. <laughs> well, see, I figured, I, I was like, if I get 75 and done, I'll have definitely passed and I won't sweat it. If I get all the questions, I'll have definitely failed. And I'm like, but if I get somewhere in between, I don't know how I'll feel. Knows, and then yeah. I, there I was sitting somewhere in between. I was like, oh, this sucks. Have I ever told you the story that unfolded with my boards and how it kind of turned me into someone who loves like murder mystery stories? No. <laughs> Can I tell the story? Was there was there a murder mystery during boards? <laughs> yes. <laughs> After boards. So it's kind of it's a fairly long story. I'll try and like cut it down as best I can. So my test was scheduled for 2 p.m. and you know that you can is it, I think it's six hours after the time six or eight I can't remember now you would go back in and try and re-register right right sure and if you weren't able to re-register you knew you had, you had passed that's like allegedly the, allegedly that's the trick that people use and if you were right. able to register you had not passed 
I that was true for most people I knew. I've never heard of it not being true. However, I guarantee you that there are plenty of times that it's not true. So I would just you know take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> so I was on my friend's laptop because we were waiting to go to a movie and we were at her apartment. And I was like, okay, we have to wait until eight o'clock for me to check my thing and then we'll go. So I check it. I'm not able to re-register. I'm feeling good about myself. I would not have felt up to the movie if I had been able to re-register. That's for sure. So that was a <laughs> real risk. <laughs> uh, so we go to the movie, whatever. I drop her off back at her apartment and go home. And by the, t- by the time I get home, which is only a few blocks, she says, hey, I can't find my laptop. Did you put it somewhere? No, I didn't put it anywhere. You know, it's maybe one of your roommates moved it. No, none of them moved it. Can't find it anywhere. I'm like, well, you're always losing shit. Like, just who knows? It could be anywhere. And she's like, I genuinely, it's not here. I can't find it. I don't know what to do. So we go to bed. We wake up and she's kicking herself like, oh my God, what happened? Well, somewhere in there, the roommate on the lower floor noticed her window was open. So they end up calling the police and the police investigate, you know, they see footsteps around there. They see, you know, that there are a few other things that were taken, whatever. It was a, a string of robberies. That ended up, they killed a guy next door. What? So the guys were like going through the lower levels of these houses in a row, breaking into whatever was open, taking stuff and just going from house to house to house. And then something happened in the last one where they startled somebody awake or something and then ended up killing him. Oh my God. Awful. So life. I wish you could see my face right now. (laughs) Describe your face right now. Well, like my jaw is on the floor. I know. It was horrible because by the time I came back around the next day, I hadn't heard anything because they were obviously busy and I couldn't get down the street because there were so many police there. And I was like, what happened? Is everyone okay? How scary is that? That was like July of that year. Uh-huh. And it was, I mean, it was horrible. So that we had graduated, right? I'd taken my boards, obviously. End of the summer comes and everyone's college leases are up and then everyone has to make moves, right? So people are going back to grad school. They're moving away. My friend moved to Germany. I, you know, I moved elsewhere to go be a nurse, whatever. So we're all scattered to the wind. Now, the the roommates of the house were the ones that were, like, obviously important to this case. They could They could speak to all of it. But they gave my name as someone who had been around Mm -hmm. so i got a call from a detective to tell my my side of the story and i was ecstatically excited to be able to share my information because i was like you know what's going to be great about my story is that i have an exact timeline i know that i was exactly on the computer at eight o'clock and like because (laughs) i was that was exactly when my test was up and like i'm i'm gonna set the timeline for this case Literally, the detective could not have been less interested because <laughs> it happened when we were gone. It didn't matter. Like they probably already knew right. that it was well after eight p.m. Sure, um, and we didn't. And we went to a movie and didn't get home till you know ten thirty, eleven maybe, and probably way actually probably closer to midnight, like way after that because of the if I we were leaving at eight o'clock, whatever. And so I was, I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna get called to trial and I'm gonna be able to tell my story and set the timeline and talk about how I passed my boards and like I was so excited and like literally nothing ever came of of my testimony like I had no testimony there was nothing to do with it all the roommates got like flown back into the states to come and like give their testimony at this trial and there was all this drama and uh, it was like years later and I was like god damn it I didn't get to get included (laughs) oh my god that's too funny Oh, well, bringing that back around to nursing, that's like all the visitors that come and think, I have really important information for you. And we're like, we couldn't care less. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like when you try and be really helpful in rounds and they're like, we don't care. 
Thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I know there was an email that we wanted to talk about. Yes. All right. So we had this email um, submitted to our email, uh, nursecoffeetalk at gmail.com. She says, hi there. My name is S. I'm a nurse in Arizona and I love listening to your podcast. Thank you. Appreciate that very much. Thank you. Love you too. <laughs> love you too. Sorry. I didn't realize that it started like that. Now I feel embarrassed. <laughs> we admitted a very combative and confused patient from the ED. He came up in restraints after not just aggressive behavior towards nursing staff, but had also punched his daughter in the face to the point that she checked into the ED for a broken jaw. Okay, great. So very clearly violent. Mm -hmm. uh, the next day or so, restraints had been taken down because you got to get them into those sniffs, you know. And he was, again, being very aggressive. Uh, the patient had underlying dementia. So as nurses, we look away at this behavior since it's not their fault. Quote. Well, the bedside nurse had requested to have those restraints placed back on or some form of chemical restraint as the patient was a harm to us. He had kicked a nurse in the stomach and himself. Fully, multiple IVs, etc. And the doctor said, no, this is what we signed up for when we became nurses. The charge that oh day responded God. that if he truly believed that, he was a part of the problem. Good for her. Confused mm -hmm. or not, we should not have to endure being punched in the face. Apparently, her response was too abrasive for our management's liking, and she was instructed to apologize to that physician. She, in oh front of God. leadership, apologized for her tone, but not what she said, to which he responded, I have nothing to say to you, and walked off the unit. Great culture we're building, huh? Felt super supported by our leaders. Oh my god. I have so many thoughts. I this. know. First of all, what an what a great uh charge nurse. Yes. Wait, I wanna back up even more because <laughs> the first thing I need to say is it is total bullshit that patients have to be without sitters and without restraints for twenty four hours to get into a sniff. It's incomplete bullshit. Because these patients are literally going to go to the sniff, they're going to be combative, and they're going to get sent back to the ER for aggressive behavior, where they're going to get readmitted. And it's a vicious cycle. Yes. And I wish we would just stop it. Like, you all are nurses, too. You all should be able to use restraints. I'm sorry. I just... that We put so many patients... Like, we play so many games at the hospital. Like, Oh, we got to pull the sitter, so we'll just, you know, give them a lot of Benadryl for 24 hours so we can get them to the sniff. <laughs> yeah. Without us. I mean, it's crap. It's crap. And, like, it comes down to, because I, I work with sniffs right now, so I kind of mm -hmm. know a lot about their drama. Mm -hmm. Part of it has to do with the fact that they have such ridiculously unsafe patient ratios that they Completely. can't they can't take things that normal nurses should be able to take. So it's like, you can't have a Dobhoff tube, but you can't have a PEG tube. Mm -hmm. Well, Why? Why can't yeah, you have a dog off to? Who cares? Right. Like, really, what's the difference there? Like, what what kind of clinical difference are we really looking at in terms of what you guys have to do? And they have mm -hmm. these really kind of arbitrary set of rules. And we as hospitals couldn't care less about that. We're so unimpressed, you know. But right. the restraint thing in particular, it's like, okay, well, we're faking it to get them to the sniff, essentially so that it's just someone else's problem as soon as possible. That's not a way to take care of people. It's insane. It's not so that it's somebody else's problem. It's because... They don't medically meet requirements to stay in a hospital any longer. They're no longer, their acute care period is done. Mm -hmm. We fixed what we needed to fix, but the only reason we can't discharge them is because their aggressive behavior, which is baseline for the patient. So we're not going to change a chronic baseline for the patient overnight because the sniff requires us to so that's like first and foremost yes and I, it speaks to an overarching problem as a as a country community that mm -hmm. ultimately like if i'm looking at a discharge of a, di a difficult patient 
someone like it that can't go home alone obviously he's not fit to take care of himself so if he has to go home family would have to agree to take care of him that's not safe for them clearly this daughter is in the er with a broken mandible christ right you know a sniff or a rehab that's it's still short stay it's like a band-aid over the problem yeah and then in, in a hospital in order to get someone placed into a, some kind of senior living facility or whatever is a whole big ordeal it's not something that it's a, you're wasting an acute care bed to try and get that taken care of but so many things come to the hospital and then land it literally in my lap often mm-hmm. and it's like mm-hmm. oh this patient's bed and oxygen have been broken for three years but now she can't go home without those things and i'm like that feels like a personal problem doesn't it like what right but no no because she's she's on my patient list i have to be responsible for all these things that can't be taken care of in any kind of timely fashion like that's ridiculous yes there's so many so many problems with this. so many problems okay so the next thing is the fact that the doctor said this is what we signed up for now i know that everybody listening to that story is like wanting to punch that doctor in the throat and maybe a little bit in the dick right now (laughs) because y'all know it was a dude there's no way that was a chick she gave gender too yeah she said it was a guy so my thing is i want to know what that doctor would have said if he got punched in the face would he have said this is what I signed up for, no, so it's cool. No, he'd be cool. like, I'm not paid enough for this, and I'm not putting up with it. Right, exactly. Oh, his pretty little face. Oh. Oh, did we break your nose? Sorry. Like, I kind of wish he would have punched that doctor. <laughs> well, they can't. the patients can't punch them because I have can count on one hand the number of doctors that I've known that are willing to be in the room with you with a patient for any amount of time. You mean, like, while they're being super aggressive? Well, at all, but I mean when they're being super aggressive, like... They're quick to be like, goodbye, I'll go order something on the computer. And you're like, okay, fuck yeah, me, I guess. True. Like, okay, whatever. Yeah, because that's not what Doc signed up for. And you know what? That's not what nurses signed up for either. We did not sign up to be kicked in the belly, punched in the face, abused in any way. We didn't even sign up to be verbally abused. But yeah, we have to put up with that too. And again, this takes me back to exactly what we were talking about the other week when I was like, well, there's no better time to strike than right now. Well, you're right. I mean, it is unbelievable. And I don't mean to get off topic here. I usually do get off topic anyway. But, but you know, this is a whole culture that has been going on for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And this is, again reiterating the fact that nurses are just a dime a dozen nobody gives a shit about them and it's really interesting to me that a month ago nursing was like the most thankless job in the world and now everybody is like oh thank you heroes and look i don't want to undermine the good people out there that are that would have been grateful for nursing help anyway but for all the people that are just like, oh, nurses are heroes and nurses are the best. First of all, I'm not a hero. I'm going to work and doing my job. No, I'm a person that deserves to be treated with safety and respect. On a not daily like, basis. Not like heroes that literally signed up to be unsafe. Right. So I just, I, I have a real problem with what's happening in the hospital system right now. And just, again, you know, no disrespect to the new grads, but saying that new grads can come in without taking boards, it really just undermines what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. And then I've heard a lot of feedback from people on the hospital systems that are not giving hazard pay to their nurses. They are like there's one hospital system in my area that is just they have you know they're redeploying staff Mm -hmm. which is common i mean that's happening all around me um like especially or staff and stuff 
And if people complain about being redeployed, they're just firing them. <gasps> oh my god. Yeah. What are people supposed to do? That's not leadership. I don't understand. No, it's not leader. Well, we've talked about that too. Yeah. It's not. There's a group of night shifters that came forward and were like, this is unsafe and ridiculous. And they were like, well, if you don't like it, you can leave. And so they all quit. Oh, Good. okay. Now you don't have a night shift staff. What was that? Why can't you just have a conversation with these people? How would you acknowledge that this sucks? And then maybe we can meet you halfway somewhere. Or how about we try working together to find solutions? Correct. Like, I know nurses can be bitchy, I, obviously, especially when a big group of us gets together. I mean, hello, this podcast is literally that. But... <laughs> A big we are group. not just sitting around being bitchy. <laughs> Damn. We're trying to come up with solutions, hopefully, anyway. <laughs> I was feeling that way the other day when, when the, you know, the new thing came through from my hospital. Like, okay, if you're exposed, if you have a known exposure, you can quarantine for a week. And if you haven't had any symptoms in a week, you can come back to work. Okay, well, that's literally not what the incubation period of this virus is. You're saying <laughs> that literally just because you don't want staff to be out. At least, and like that and the PPE and the reusing of the PPE yeah. and Jayco being like an ostrich with their little head in the sand. La la yeah. la with their head backs turned. Mm -hmm. When everything goes back to normal, I don't want to hear a word from any of you about this because in an emergency, it's okay to lie and reuse PPE and pretend to tell me that scientifically it's okay to do that. And then I never get to do that ever again. Just say right. it's an emergency and it sucks and we would never normally recommend this, but you can do that. Instead, it's email after email after email being like, you guys are being so silly. I'm telling you, you can reuse it. Don't worry. Yeah. That's, like, come on. Don't lie about it. It's insane. I know. And the, like I told you about how the one hospital... We now no longer have to gown for VRE and ESBL, which I think is crazy. Yeah, that's going to spread like wildfire and we and last a lot longer than COVID. So when COVID has run its course and we're back to just having normal, like, like then are, are we not even isolating VRE and ESBL now? And yeah, well, you know, we might as well not. Yeah, because we're just fomiting it all around the hospital. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's just... It's just absolutely, this whole thing is preposterous. It is. Everything and you know what? About nurses it. have a long memory, so they're going to be real bummed at how the <laughs> nurses act once this is all done, because we're about to have a long memory about how we were treated during this time. Well, I'm really interested to see how nurses act when this is all done, because every nurse around is like, I'm going to fight for my rights when this is over. Well, what about when it's now? Why aren't we fighting for our rights now? And there are some nurses that are out there. Because they're getting fired on the spot. They can't fire all the nurses on the spot. If well, everybody right. band together, we could actually do something. That's they can't right. fire yeah. every single nurse. But the problem is, and look, I've been a part of the problem in this regard, which is the problem is they bring in agency nurses. They pay an arm and a leg, mm -hmm. but they bring in agency nurses. And if they pay enough money, there's people willing to do that. Case in point, there's people willing to go to New York. Now, some of those people that are going to New York are doing it because they genuinely feel called to do it. Other people are doing it because there's a 10 grand per week pay tag or paycheck associated with mm -hmm. it. If you pay enough, people will say, yep, okay, I'll take that money. So I know they essentially they buy our silence. They're, yeah. That's what they're doing is they're buying our silence. And because we're additionally like, I mean, we, you know, nursing is kind of sold to people as being like really flexible hours and really good pay for only a four year degree. I mean, true although i would say underpaid if i had to 
most places are deeply underpaid. Some Correct. really do a good job, but most do not. Mm-hmm. And little room for for growth in terms of paycheck because you really you know you kind of are at the same level even you're you may be advancing as a clinical nurse through your different levels of whatever your hospital offers but like all in all like there's not a lot of room for that so you don't really have an opportunity to make more money in that way and that's not fair right and so you know it's like oh it's an easy way to manipulate people into doing things you need them to do because you know that they'll jump at the chance to make some extra money. Mm-hmm. There was a contract I saw somewhere in Chicago. It was, I think it was for some kind of facility that had been turned into a COVID facility, mm-hmm. like specifically for it. It sure. was an eight week contract. And I think they were eight hour shifts and it was like 22 on two off were repeating. And for eight weeks, flexible schedule in terms of like shift Oh, I was like, that's not a flexible no, schedule. No, not flexible, flexible shift. Like, you had to be flexible with what shift you were going to work. Mm-hmm. And it was something like almost a hundred grand. Wow. And it's like, yeah, you'd be really miserable for eight weeks. Or maybe it was 12 weeks. I'm going to, clearly I didn't look that closely because I was like, hell no, I'm not doing that. But <laughs> whatever it was, it was not that long of a time for a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, I bet a lot of people are like, yeah, sure. Yeah. I can be miserable for three months if it means I can make a hundred grand and pay off all my student loans. Right. And let's touch on that in a second too, but let's finish up with this particular email. Yes. So the next thing I have to say is, I mean, fuck that doctor first and foremost. Totally. Shut up. Like, how is that even helpful? It Well, it's not. And that's exactly the point of that charge nurse. Like, you're a huge part of the problem. The fact that you as a doctor are expecting us to, you know, just sit there and be physically abused by patients is a problem. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say if I had to make a guess, that is an older doctor because I feel like the younger doctors who are, you know, within five years out of residency are more like, no, we're all in this together. Like, they don't have, like, the God complex as much as, like, the older physicians, you know, who are, like, should have retired five years ago. Yeah. And they've been acting like a God for a very long time, and they're very set in that. Yes, and they need to leave the hospital immediately. (laughs) But I do feel like the younger docs... I can picture him being, like, a middle-aged, like, pompous piece of shit. Well, he's clearly a pompous piece of shit, (laughs) regardless of age. So anyway, so props to the charge nurse for standing up. I think that is total bullshit that she even had to say, I'm sorry. Like, where was the administration standing up for her going, yeah, that's right. We're not here to be physically abused by our patients. Because they are always going to care about the bottom line more than they're going to care about what's right. And this is probably a doctor that uh, maybe, I don't know if he's a surgeon or not, probably not. But I mean, they worship these doctors and they're terrified of them. It's unreal. terrified of them. And you see these people like, these strong, capable administrators who normally would take no shit, just silent as a quiet as a little teeny mouse in these meetings when these doctors end up saying this wild nonsense. And you're, I'm looking at them like, what are you even talking about? And I'm looking to the administrator like, hello, this is your turn to like tell them that they're incorrect. Nope, not a word. I don't understand that. It's See, unreal. this is this is why I'll I guess I'll never be like a CNO because there's absolutely no chance in hell that I'm sitting there and not calling a doctor out on his shit. Right. There's and absolutely doctors, no chance. Not only are they so ridiculous, but they also they rule with fear and so they will just make this ridiculous stink anytime they're unhappy about something yeah well and that ends up being like you're like it's not worth it pick your battles because this guy's such a pain in my ass that he's gonna create such problems for me that i don't want to like i don't want to deal with it about this one so i'm sure they had a discussion like that of like let's just be done with it here's your termination contract 
I mean, honestly. I don't need you in my facility. If we would cut the toxic people out of our facilities, guess what would happen? Our employees all the way around would be so much happier and they'd provide better care to our patients. I mean, totally. This whole thing about keeping these toxic people happy is ridiculous. That doctor that I've been dealing with for 18 months who is still running his antics, who still refuses to give a date of birth when boarding a surgery. And his first thing, as soon as I tell him I won't do it, the first response is, well, then fine, transfer my patients. He tried to tell me that the other day. I go, well, I can certainly try, but nobody's going to take your patients because everybody is inundated with COVID right now. So sorry, your surgery isn't getting over to the other hospital because you refuse to give a birth date. You can say, okay, give me the name and birth date of the patient you want to transfer. (laughs) It's just, it's, and like, and the administrators there are just the same thing. And I'm like, why is this taking so long? This dude should have been fired a long time ago. Like he's the only, he is the only doc in this facility who will not get on board with this policy. And yet even the chief of staff is like, I mean, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but like, come on, it's your doctor. Get your doctor in check. How can you not like any person with a brain? The patient's name is John Smith. Okay, there's 15 currently admitted to this hospital. Do you want to pick which right, one? Right. Let alone the history of John Smith's in this world. Right. What are you literally talking about? It doesn't matter if the name is unique as all get out. It's not the point. It's not the point. So anyway, Ugh. I believe the person was S that wrote in. Yes. So S... Props to your chargers. The doctor's yes. a total pompous douchebag. I love the phrase, I apologize for my tone, but not what I said. That's exactly right. Stand up for what is right. That is the right thing to do. Advocating for yourself and for your nurses. But I can't believe they had to, like, they brought her in, like, in front of administrators and, like, made this, like, it's so huge. Shameful. It's ridiculous. Come on. Let's support our nurses. What is everybody doing? This is just another example of how administrators do not value their nursing staff and how clearly you're showing that not only do you not oppose basically nursing abuse but you are actively encouraging it because if she looks that doctor in the eye and says that she's sorry for what she said he now has free reign to treat her however he wants in any capacity for the rest of their career relationship absolutely you just gave the stamp of approval for nurse abuse cool congratulations strong leadership Thanks a lot. And, you know, if the administrators want to make the argument that the doctors bring in the money, okay, well, I'd love to see you run your hospital on all agency nurses. Yeah, And let's right, see how on. fast you go through your money. <laughs> Real fast. Nurses have to quit taking this stuff. And yeah, it sucks because when you're one nurse alone in your boat, absolutely, they'll cut your job like that. Yeah. For sure. And so it makes it a real challenge because we have to feed our families too. Yeah, we don't don't make we don't make nearly as much money as those stupid doctors who could afford to lose a day of work. Right. You know, and maybe if we started keeping these holding these doctors in check and terminating them, maybe they'd change their behavior a little bit. Maybe if we actually stood by our policy that said this behavior isn't tolerated then maybe maybe the doctors would change their behavior. I don't know. I don't know. so frustrating. I watched now like several residents turn into fellows and then turn into attendings on my service. Mm -hmm. And like they start off as their attendings, like little kids that just like are starting their first day of kindergarten. Like they're so cute. And then (laughs) and then it, it very, very quickly fades. And they really end like all of them. They're I think they're nicer than the older attendings in general. 
mm-hmm. but it's still there's still an attitude and it kind of turns as a fellow they're so approachable and normal and nice and then they go to the attending and all of a sudden it's like a flip a flip switches and a switch flips what word is that a switch flips. <laughs> you're pulling so, a me so tired. <laughs> and then they're just untouchable hmm. and it's disappointing i haven't really seen that but you work in the cardiology world yes and they're they're special little snowflakes over in cardiology that's for sure they're all special snowflakes yeah oh man and then you got those wild frat boy cowboys in ortho <laughs> yeah <laughs> i watched i watched um die hard the other day <laughs> don't ask me why and literally when he I said, yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker, I immediately thought of the ortho cowboys. <laughs> That's so funny. I was like, I bet they're all saying that after surgery and high-fiving. <laughs> I can totally see that. <laughs> okay, let's see. Oh, this is really enjoyable. A quick little moment of happiness after that physician rant. I just, honestly... The more we talk about physicians, the more I fucking hate physicians. I know. It literally gets me going so... <sighs> it's it's a, a dark, deep hole that I go down I know. with that kind of stuff. It's hard. But it's not all of them. Like, some of no, them are so amazing. Not. And honestly, because I'm covering multiple services right now, normally I work with my APP team, and you've heard me bitch mm-hmm. about that. Um, but I'm working with, like, these... They're, like, within the first few years of their residency, and they're so nice and responsive, and they're just, like, grateful mm-hmm. that I'm helping... Mm-hmm. And they're always like delightedly surprised to hear from me whenever I call. They're like, "Oh, what can I do for you?" And I'm like, "Oh God, really? Is that how you're answering this phone call?" Oh, sure, <laughs> a lot of things. Let's go. And they're so they want to do the right thing and they want to learn and like. I mean, obviously, there's a few bad eggs in there, but like in mm-hmm. general, it's been a great experience to the point where I'm like, maybe I'll switch. Like I like these guys. <laughs> and so then I'm like, what happens between that <laughs> and a few years down the road? A lot, mm-hmm. obviously. They go through hell. I mean, it's a hard I'm sure. It's a hard thing. I wanted to mention, so over the, like, last week, I had a couple of patients, actually two back-to-back, different residents, where um, they put in, like, the initial orders for the patient. So I went, I got the meds, I came back the, to the room to medicate them, and in each case, the resident was at the bedside getting ready to push the stretcher, and I was like, where are you going? And the one was like, we're going to ultrasound. And the other was like, we're going to CT. I was like, you're taking them? And they're like, yeah. What? I know it was like completely self-motivating because they wanted the results fast so they could get rid of their people. I don't care. I don't care what their motivation was. They were transporting patients down to their tests. That's wild. Do they even know how to get there? Uh, Well, the the one doc came back from from, um, ultrasound and he was like, yeah, I was pushing the patient. I was like, I don't really know where I'm going, just to be honest with you, but we'll find it. (laughs) The patient was like, oh, great. That's what I want to hear. Hey, man, whatever. She's with her doctor. She gets one-on-one time with her doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. I saw this post and it made me feel really happy because I myself have experienced this. New vocabulary word, airgasm. When the air hits your face after removing your mask at the end of your shift. (laughs) (laughs) The feeling of elation that you get. I well, it's just like that. Like oh my God. you take that, you like you're just that sweaty confined space, and oh man, 
Okay, and then I, so I was on Instagram earlier, which I still don't fully know how to work, so I'm sorry for all the people that follow me individually. I'm a very <laughs> poor Instagrammer. But also, thank you to everyone who's responding to our little polls on our story. Oh, yeah, we love it. We I love, love it. that. Things yep. have been pretty unanimous so far. <laughs> That's interesting. So, apparently, you know, there's been all these, like, physician and nurse dance videos on tiktok tiktok yeah and now people are like this is bullshit we're in the middle of a crisis how do you even have time to do this stuff whatever whatever and then there's that doctor maybe dr jc in the dc or something like that oh i don't know i don't know that like that's what he calls stuff and i think he's Maybe an OR, he's a surgeon, and he's always doing, like, these dance videos. And he is getting, like, all this praise. He was featured on, like, I I don't really know what show, but it was something like Good Morning America or, like, Regis Mm -hmm. and, well, not Regis and Kelly, I guess Kelly and, I don't even know who's doing these shows anymore. I don't either. (laughs) But, But those types of shows. And he was, like, featured on there, and everybody's, like, chiming in, like, props to him. Like, that's so cool. Way to keep things lighthearted. You know, good to have fun. But then the nurses are getting backlash. Like, how do you have time to do this? Yeah, are you too busy for with- this? Meanwhile, my grandfather's dying down the hallway. Right, exactly. And so somebody wrote in and said, doctors always have each other's back. Like, you'll have one or two that may not get along, but you'll hardly hear them tear each other down. It's the professionalism, courtesy, or kind of brotherhood. Unpopular opinion, but it's women. Y'all tear each other down. That's why there's all this nurses eat their young. Like, for the most part, that's all y'all doing it to each other. I see it with my five sisters, and I see it with work. Like, dudes can have a beef and dislike each other, but it's personal, Whereas a new nurse will get the cold shoulder simply because she's new. And then the other person said, I hate to admit it, but I think he's right. Women can be such emotional creatures and take things personal way too many times. And we talked about this in our Merce episode. Yeah, I don't. I was ready to be mad about what this guy said. And I like don't fully disagree with it. I know. Um, And so... That feels too small to like, it feels like a too, like a too easy of a, a cop out almost of like the depth of, of what we're talking about. But like it, in its most basic form, like I don't totally disagree now. Yeah. I mean, look, we don't have to keep, have a whole conversation. I just think it's really interesting that the nurses on the TikTok videos are getting torn down and criticized, but the male doctor is getting promoted on news shows. Yeah. Well, for the exact same yeah, thing. deep misogyny within that culture. So it's really bizarre. It's, a, you know, again, the doctor, this is what you signed up for as a nurse. But if the doctor got punched in the face, there's no way he'd be like, well, I signed up for that. So it's cool. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, it's very frustrating. What do you, I mean, what do you think about all the TikTok dances and stuff? Are you on, are you on the side of, oh, it's so fun. I mean, I think it's way over the top at this point, but. I think it's way over the top. I will say that at at a basic human, like as Sarah as a person, it's like watching cringy home videos that people think are so funny because they know all the people in them. Mm -hmm. I don't think any TikToks are that funny because I'm like, stop making me watch your dancing. It's not good. I'm not interested. Okay, wait, but did you see the one where they have like balls on their butts and they're- Okay, I did see that one. I did like that one. (laughs) There's a few that are really funny because some people are genuinely so funny. Most people are not. So they're having a good time. They can watch it and cackle laughing together. I'm a full supporter Mm -hmm. of nurses 
laughing and having fun together, especially Absolutely. during a crisis. Of course. And I've spoken out about how, like, we had so much fun when I worked nights to the point where I was like, these patients probably hate us because we're being so loud and disrespectful <laughs> right now. And like, if I was on the other side of it, having the worst day of my life hearing that, I would be really insulting. And like, we do, we've talked about that too. Like that is something that nursing does have to be better at because you can have a ton of fun, but it needs to be quieter guys. Like we're being mm-hmm. so rub it in their faces about it. So like, mm-hmm. I do think that we want to project professionalism Mm -hmm. but also show that we're human and how do you toe that line but then it's the underlying misogyny of like god forbid women do fucking anything without being completely ostracized by the media and it's a female dominated field i'm like oh god the layers of this there's just a lot (laughs) (laughs) lot peel the onion peel (laughs) the onion Um, okay, well, I'll bring up one more thing and then we've got to go. This is okay. actually a long episode and I have to go to work, everybody. So Oof. I know. Okay, so this is really interesting because I've been saying this for forever. Since COVID-19 has surfaced, people stopped flooding the ER with things that aren't really emergencies oh, yes. because they don't want to be exposed to the virus. The patients that are there are truly sick and in need of emergent care. I've noticed our patients are not having to wait. They are getting triaged and treated in the manner an ER should function. I would like this to be a lesson to the public. If you wouldn't go to the emergency room now because you are scared of COVID and you know you can wait until tomorrow to be seen in urgent care or at your doctor's office, then you should always feel this way about the ER. That's ER is for emergencies. Let's start utilizing it that way. We've talked about that forever. And the moment after it hit, our occupancy plummeted. And I'm like, "Hmm, I know. Maybe literally none of these stupid people need to be here at all. I know. Oh, my God. I I wonder how long it'll take before these people start coming in. I worked the weekend after it started here. Mm -hmm. And I had to come in, which was annoying. And um, there were eight total people in the ER. Yeah, that's what you said. And we were like, that, and, and for mm. reference, if you didn't listen to that episode, her ER normally has a census of about a hundred. Yeah, like a normal inner city ER, it's like packed to the gills. Right, for sure. Unreal. The ER nurses were probably like, what the hell are we going to do with all of our free time? Well, it is, it is bizarre. I mean, now that the ERs are kind of inundated with COVID patients, like it takes it's longer easy, to yeah. care for them because you're donning and doffing and things like that, and those patients are sicker. I mean, they're closer to ICU patients totally. if they're being hospitalized. And so you're caring more for the patients that are there, but you're not seeing all the bullshit. And let me tell you, it's kind of nice. Did you read that account of that doctor, the ER doc in New York? It was I like, know. I don't know if it was a tweet or maybe an Instagram post where it was like several pages long, but the gist of it was like, he basically painted a picture of what his 12 hour shifts looks like. It's mm-hmm. like, he gets there, you walk, like clocks in at 6.58, a pa- you know, two patients are being intubated at the same time, and basically it doesn't stop the whole mm-hmm. day. Because yeah. obviously New York is just a dumpster fire right now. It's awful. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's like, you do this, you do that. By the time you've done this, your other patient's already desatting. You're running to this one, you're running to that one. There's no transport available, so I'm taking them down. Then you're doing this, and it's like, soon it's three o'clock, you're frantically stopping to, like, have a glass of water and try and eat something, and then back at it. And, like, literally... You sign off to the next person and walk out and then your wife doesn't want to hug you because you, you're infected and you have to change and shower yeah. and sleep in a different bed and like mm-hmm. go back and do it again. And like just the, ugh, it was like, it was hard to read, let alone yeah. live. I mean, it was very, yeah. he did a good job sort of capturing the 
the chaos and the horror of it what all. it's like in the hot zone yeah oh man well on that note um i have to run because i have to go to work okay. so i will be late if we don't stop this podcast <laughs> okay, now <let's> stop. <laughs> <laughs> all right but you all whether you're in the hot zone in your own hot zone or out of the zones altogether please stay safe take care of yourself out there take care of your patients hug your loved ones and um don't forget to like us love us support us subscribe to us give us your stories at nurse coffee talk <laughs> on insta or you can always email us stuff uh at nurse coffee talk at gmail.com we pick the best and we talk about them so thank you all for sharing what you share we love hearing back from you continue the love and support and we love and support you have a great week bye bye